I want to take as my text this morning that reading from the 139th Psalm, Psalm 139. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 1618. Excuse me, 618. Too many ones. 618, Psalm 39 and beginning at verse 1. Psalm 139 and beginning verse 1, which I'd like us to read again. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 1. Traditionally attributed to David, as you can see in the subscript. To the choir master, a psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I can't attain it. And where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. And if I say, surely the darkness will cover me, the light about me, will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness and light, darkness is as light with you. For you formed mine inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. I've titled my talk this morning, The Testimony of a True Believer. The Testimony of a True Believer. Indeed, that's exactly what we have in our text, if you like. The Testimony of a True Believer. And a testimony in the form of song or in the form of a psalm to God and about God. But also a song that's very much about the psalmist himself and his relationship to God. And as readers, we get to listen to the psalmist, this true believer, and listen to what he has to say. And so what does he have to say? (laughs) Well, I'd like us to notice three things. And the first thing that the psalmist says is that God knows all about me. Notice that again, verses 1 through 6. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. 
You discern my thoughts, what I think from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And so the psalmist says, Lord, you search me and you have known me. And truth be told, what was true for the psalmist is also true of you and me. Indeed, God knew everything about the psalmist. And he knows everything about you. And he knows everything about me. Indeed, notice what the psalmist says, Oh Lord, you have searched me out and you have known me. You know when I sit down in my chair. You know when I rise up from my chair. And you discern or you are knowledgeable of what I'm thinking, even from far away. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, you know my thoughts, you know what I'm thinking, even when I'm not around. And the psalmist continues in verse 3, you search out my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home, and you know everything that I do. Or as Peterson in the message put it, you know when I leave and you know when I get back. <laughs> and I'm never out of your sight. Think about that the next time you go to HEB. <laughs> it's reminded me of something that C.S. Lewis in his book, The Great Divorce, wrote. He said, with God there's no private affairs. In fact, in the story of the book, somebody's going on about, uh, you know, this is, that's, my that's my business, that's, that's my private affairs. And I think it was the angel who actually was giving the, uh, uh, the tour of heaven. And the angel told this man who was upset, saying, there is no privacy with God. Indeed, God knows everything about us. And this is because God is all-knowing, or as the theologians put it, omniscient. In fact, R.C. Sproul, in a theological note in his Reformation Study Bible, explains God's omniscience this way, quote, that God is omniscient means that God knows everything about everything and everybody all at the same time. He knows the future no less than he knows the past, and the present, and possible events that never happen, no less than the ones that actually do. Nor does he need to search for information about things as a computer might have to retrieve a file. All he knows is immediately and directly before him. And C.S. Lewis, in his book, A Grief Observe, adds that God loves us even though he knows all about us, which is a great, huge comfort. He said, God's love and God's knowledge are not distinct from one another. God loves even though he knows. 
the psalmist continues, verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all together, or in the New Living Translation, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it. In fact, uh, we've, this last, we're just, it was just yesterday, we had a scripture text from Luke chapter 5 that we were doing with Holy Cross men. And Jesus addressed directly not what the Pharisees had said, but what they were thinking in their heart. <laughs> well, since you're thinking that, let me, um, let me say this. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together, which says something about Jesus. And the psalmist continues, verse 5, You hem me in behind and before. Or the New Living Translation, you go before me, you follow me. Or Peterson in the message, I look back and you're there. <laughs> I look ahead and you're there too. And the psalmist continues, verse 5, and you lay your hand upon me. It is God's hand upon the true believer to bless and to protect and to guide. Even Jesus, you know, broke the law and touched the lepers. <laughs> Lord, if, you, if you're willing, you can heal me. And he reaches out and touches the leper. God's not afraid to touch you. He's happy to touch you. Maybe others don't want to touch you. But God reaches out to touch you. And the psalmist continues, verse 6, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't attain it. Or as we might say in our common day language, I can't quite wrap my hand, my head around all of it. Which reminds me of something that Barbara Brown Taylor wrote in her book, The Preaching Life. She said this. She said, God is greater than mine imagination, wiser than my wisdom, more dazzling than the universe, as present as the breath I breathe, and utterly beyond my control. <laughs> and so the first thing the psalmist says is that God knows all about me. The second thing the psalmist says is, as that, and is that God is always with me. Notice, beginning at verse 7, and where shall I go? From your spirit, where shall I flee? To get away from you, from your presence. If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that is the place of the dead, or if you like, the grave, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, Lord. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Even without night vision goggles, 
You can't see in the dark, but he sees you in the dark. And so the psalmist says, and so where should I go from your spirit? It's a Hebrew parallelism. He's just saying the same thing in a slightly different way. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Indeed, wherever I go, wherever you go, God is there. It reminded me of something that Jesus said. In fact, Jesus interchanges and, and makes claims and did relative to all of this, and he did it very naturally, with a straight face uh, and not tongue-in-cheek. It was Jesus who said before his ascension, and lo, I am with you, what? Always, even to the end of the age. I'm always with you. I'm with you at HEB or other places you might not want to tell us where you go. He's there with you too. Made me think about the, the first chapter in Matthew, because that was the last. Matthew 28, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Chapter 21, and we read, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Matthew says, And all this took place to fulfill the word of the Lord that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. <laughs> God with us. Wherever you go. And the psalmist continues, verse 8, If I ascend to heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the place of the dead, you're there. And so these vertical extremes, no matter how high I go or how low I go, from the highest height to the lowest depth, you are there. Or verse 9, or if I take the wings of the morning, he's talking about the dawn. It made me think about standing at 6-something six, six in the morning, maybe 6.45, 6.35, I can't remember what it was. When we were in Israel in 2014, they said, now, <clears throat> if you get up, you know, and, and there I was on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee in the city of Tiberias, waiting for the sun to rise over the, the eastern hills. And it came, man. And that sun broke, and it was an extraordinary experience as the waters of the Sea of Galilee are lapping up against the shore. Maybe just where Jesus himself stood. And then the course of that sun goes all the way to the west. And if you live in Israel, what's to the west? The sea. The Mediterranean Sea. And so it rises, if you're in, on the Galilee, it rises over the, the eastern hills and goes its course over the, the, the sky and sets over the sea. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, the horizontal extremes, if I go all the way from the east, all the way to the west, as far as the east is from the west, even there, verse 10, your hand will lead me and your right hand, your strong hand, will hold me. 
The psalmist continues, verse 11. And if I should say, surely the darkness will cover me. I know how I can get away from God. I'll just hide in the dark. (laughs) The light about me will be night. Verse 12. But even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day. For darkness is as light to you. And you see me, and you are with me, even in the dark. And so that's the second thing the psalmist says, and God is always with me. Finally, the psalmist says, and God has made me who I am. I had this um, strange fantasy, a dream. I, I always thought how wonderful if it, if it would be if I could go back. Well, this will show you how messed up I am. <clears throat> if I could go back to the age of six and relive my life from there, knowing all that I know now, wouldn't that be wonderful? And that used to haunt me. You know, I would think back and I'd say, God, you know, what were you thinking? I mean, what, 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 what? And then I um, actually was through Rob Bell and uh, the, one of those Numa films that he did several years back, and one was called Name. And he talked about the story of, of, of Jacob wrestling with the angel on one of his notorious trips. And the angel, as dawn was coming, the angel said, let me go. And Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And then the angel asked Jacob, a question that he would rather the angel had not asked. And the angel said, what is your name? He didn't want to tell the angel what his name was. Because his name is Jacob. And Jacob means conniver. Usurper. But the angel said, no longer will your name be Jacob. Now it will be Israel. And Israel means he who wrestles with God. (laughs) But no need to be ashamed. Even about your background. God lets you live that life for a purpose. And God made you exactly who you are. And dude, notice... Verse 13, for you formed mine inward parts and knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret in the dark. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me. Even as yet there were none of them. How precious you are. How precious to me I should say are your thoughts O God. How vast the sum of them. 
If I would count them, they are more than the sand. And when I awake in the morning, I'm still with you. And so the psalmist says to God, you form my inward parts. Literally, you, kidneys. That's the Hebrew is kidneys. And it's a reference to my internal organs. You formed those. And there's something more that we wouldn't naturally get. But with the Hebrew, the, the internal organs are the seat, the, the, the locus where a, a person's emotions and intellect reside. And of course, this is ancient literature, and that would have been the thought. I mean, we know that it's in the brain, right? But um, if you, we talk about the heart, right? Because when you feel emotion, you feel it where? Right here. Either good or bad, right? Either it's fluttering or it's heavy. And so that's, he's, he, he's saying more. He said, it, not just that you created my eternal organs, but that you, you created my soul and you created my spirit. And then speaking of God's awareness of us, even in dark places, the psalmist continues, verse 13, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. That's a dark place. Certainly a hidden place. I mean, apart from the, what do you call that, uh, thing that they do? What are they? When you're checking the baby? Ultrasound. Apart from the ultrasound, it was like, well, there she is. <laughs> Out she comes. Well, there she is. And everything, the, the, the development and, and the growing and the changing, that all takes place in the dark, in secret. And yet the psalmist says, but you're involved there. Knitting me together in my mother's womb. And he continues, verse 14, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, can you imagine? The DNA molecule and even when you're nothing but a speck, it's all there to say, this is where we're headed. Boy, girl, brown eyes, blue eyes, this much intelligence, that much intelligence, it's all there. It's the roadmap. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Verse 15, my frame, and literally in the Hebrew, the word is bone, or we might say bone structure. My frame, my bone structure was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth where the womb is. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Or as we might put it today, your eyes saw me when I was just a tiny mass of biology in the earliest stages of my embryonic development. See, that doesn't, wouldn't make for a very good psalm. That, but that's what he's saying. And that's how we would put it. Your eyes saw me when I was just a tiny mass of biology in the earliest stages of my embryonic development. Which reminded me of something that Dr. Seuss wrote in Horton Hears a Who. A person is a person no matter how small. <laughs> and the psalmist continues, verse 16, and in your book were written Every one of them, the days that were formed for me, or what we might say that were destined for me. 
even as yet when there was none of them. Christine Kane in her book titled Undaunted, writing and talking about her experience and Psalm 139, she said, God knew me and loved me before I was even me. <laughs> God knew you and loved you even before you were you. Or if you like, as he says it here in the text, every day of my life, even before the first day of my life, every day of my life was already numbered by you. And then the psalmist brings his thoughts to a close in verses 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts, O oh God. Thoughts about what? Thoughts about you. Thoughts about him. Thoughts about me. God's thoughts about me. God's thoughts about you. God's thoughts about him. How precious to me are your thoughts. We often talk about, you know, pray continually. Be thinking about God. God is thinking about you. Continually. <laughs> How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast the sum of them. If I was to count them, they're more than the sand of the sea, that it, or, or the sand, and that is the sand on the seashore. And then he says, I awake. Well, when do you awake? I awake in the morning. And I'm still with you. <laughs> I'm still with you. And these things about you and me are still true. Every morning. Which made me think of Jeremiah's famous words. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. What? Every Morning. Great is your faithfulness. And such is the testimony of a true believer. And so I wonder, is this your testimony? Because if you belong to God, these things are true about you and God even if you've never before realized them. Amen? The testimony of a true believer. <laughs> Let us pray. We are what we are because of you. It's in you that we live and move and have our being. And you didn't just put it all into motion and then go away. You exist above it and beyond it. You exist with it and within it. If I go to the heights, if I go to the depths, if I go to the east, to the west, you're there. And every situation in which I find myself, good and bad, you are with me.
you are with us. Before we're conceived and after the conception and during the gestation and at the day of our birth, you're with us and all life long until the day that it ends physically, you are with us at the hour of our death and with us in everything that follows thereafter. We have so much to be grateful for and so much to tap into. I, we sense, Lord, even as we read the words of David, David is excited <laughs> about these truths and these truths are transforming his thoughts about everything. May they transform our thoughts as well and all of their applications. The sacredness of human life from conception to natural birth and the gift of life from that point until the end. Help us, Lord, to live every day in a way that's honoring to you and indicative of the truths we've just considered, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.